This is part two of this week's episode featuring House of Highlights and Through the Wires, Pierre Andreessen. If you have not checked out part one, make sure you go do that right now. Very good conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. Who is the one guy in the draft that you want the Knicks to land? LaMelo Ball. LaMelo, yeah, figured. <laughs> best player in the draft. I want the best player, always. You think LaMelo Ball is the best player in the draft? Yeah. Interesting. Tell me why. Uh, six, seven point guard. Um, I mean, can, can score. Already has played professionally, like Luka did. Mm-hmm. And when he played over there, handled it with ease. Um, he's always been, he's always played up. LaMelo Ball was like playing against Lonzo's, seniors in high school yeah. when he was 12. You know what I mean? Like, cause they lied about his age. He's younger than what he is. So they lied so that all the Ball brothers can play together. A lot of people don't know that. Really? Uh, they moved him up a grade. Yeah. Because, you know, um, Lonzo is extremely older than him. So, but you know, LaVar wanted them all to, you know, LaVar, he wanted them yeah. all to be able to play together. So they moved. Lamelo up a grade so he can play that one year in high school with him, Jello, and, and uh, Alonzo. See, I didn't so know they lied like, about his age. That's interesting. Oh, I, maybe I said that wrong. Maybe they didn't lie, but I think he skipped the grade. Some okay. shit like that, which gotcha. to me is still lying. It's all the same shit. Yeah. Um, Reclassifying. But, so he's yeah. So he's 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 extremely young, but I just think his 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 at worst. He's going to be like Lonzo. And I think Lonzo is a great-ass uh, basketball player. But at, at worst, he's going to be a, a more aggressive Lonzo ball. He can pass. He can shoot. Uh, when he's locked in and focused over the last year and a half, he's been much better defensively than what we saw when he was just a high school at Chino Hills, mm-hmm. just running around doing everything. When he's in structure and he's focused, He's a lot better. We we saw some moments of of, of uh, Lamelo when he was young, immature, 16, 17. But like as he's gotten older, uh, playing overseas and you know getting a haircut, or whatever. Like he's had a change. Like he's he's a lot more mature than what I remembered. And when I saw those things, I'm like, man, dude, dude can really hoop when he's focused and he's just on his own shit. Um, other guys in the draft that could compete with him at the best player type thing, like Anthony Edwards. Yeah. He's cool, but he has, like, certain dimensions in his game where it kind of makes him limited. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's kind of limited. I put him in, like, the Victor Oladipo type of okay. comparison. But, like, LaMelo, if everything clicks, you're talking about a six, seven point guard who can shoot from anywhere on the court, playmaking effortless. And then, at best, if you can get him to be an average defender, you're crazy. But then if you get him to be Lonzo-type defender... It's, he it's wants to get blown. bigger for that. He's still blown. a little light in there. Yeah. Um, not, not, it's, a, it's, it's, it's very few guys who come to the NBA and don't get bigger. That's automatic. Even if you can't visibly see Kevin Durant getting bigger, he's bigger. He's cool. Oh, yeah, he's he, a lot he stronger definitely is stronger. I, I just look at LaMelo's frame. I'm not sure because Lonzo's frame, had yeah, he has the broad enough shoulders to tack on a little bit more weight. He uh, lot, or LaMelo's a little bit slimmer, so I don't know how much actual like girth the dude can put on, but he can definitely get stronger. Oh, even if he don't, that's fine. But for me, when it's, when you're a basketball player, as long as that core is intact, you're good. You're good. Kevin Durant showed me that because Kevin Durant, he ain't he ain't not at all. He's definitely got mm-hmm. bigger, but his shit is the core. And he, I've seen him say that himself. All up in that core, that core is everything. So they'll they'll get you right. But yeah, Lamelo, I think is not it's not even close to my opinion. I know some people like Anthony Edwards more. 
but I'll just I'll look at it as if you get this player and he just is he doesn't hit his fullest potential at the least how good can he be at the least so you you I'm more focus on floor than ceiling yeah because gotcha. how many guys are hitting their ceiling I mean shit that those are the NBA stars right not not everybody was supposed to be a star at some point right but not everybody how many stars in this NBA shit. 25 I give you think so I give 25 star, like real stars I give about 25 okay well I'll, I'll superstar How superstars many that's more like seven seven eight my guy yeah perfect exactly it's seven I'll, I'll say seven as well and that's what I mean I think I think even star players you look at and you say he can get better he can do this like Donovan Mitchell is yeah. Donovan Mitchell a star to you yeah he's a star he can get better. No doubt. No doubt. Ben Simmons, a star, can get can better. Get better. Um, exactly. So when I've seen somebody hits their fullest potential, they're a superstar. Because it's like, they can, everybody can get better. But when you're a superstar, it's like, damn, this dude is like, like looking at Giannis. Mm-hmm. You're sure he can shoot better, but god damn, he's a, a dog. Yes. You know, LeBron can maybe shoot the free throws a little bit better, but still, he's a superstar. But like, when you look at these drafts, a lot of guys don't even become stars. If it's only 25 stars in NBA, like you said, that means it's like you're only getting like two of them a draft. Yeah, that two seems about right. They uh, Two, three, that, that's about the right number. And then you get a bunch of like decent role players here and there, but you really only get about two, three stars. Unless it's talking about, what was it? The the Luka Trey draft, that one had a, if I remember correctly, eh, it's still... Some players them too. Here. Yeah, it's kind of just them too, but we still. I mean, DeAndre Aiden, he's he's close. Yeah, he's he can potentially a third. If Bagley stays um, healthy, I think he could get up there. But he, the dude I gotta can't see that. I gotta see. He, it. he ain't been see. on the court. The dude just can't yeah, stay on the court. Saying. I gotta see it. At least, at least Aiden has given us something to at least grab um, and 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 say there's some potential there. But yeah, majority of NBA is uh, role players. That's why I'm excited for this draft. Because I feel like this draft is full of guys who are going to be role players that can complement Trey Youngs and guys like that, Devin Booker's. So, um, because the NBA is majority role players, when you have a draft that's majority role players, it should be one of the better drafts. A lot of people try to say this draft is weak, but I think it's the exact opposite. It's a very strong class. It's deep as hell. Deep as exactly. hell. Like, exactly. You're talking about getting a dude like Trey Jones in the second round. And that's a guy who I know is going to come in and immediately contribute to winning basketball. I hope so. I hope so. I have my I have my skeptics, but I hope so. Really? I look more so at guys like um, Devin Vassell. Okay, from, uh, I like him. Florida State. Preston Chua. If he could, right? Exactly. Um, Sadiq Bay from Villanova. I like him a lot. I think he's gonna be a great three right. and D. That's switchy as hell on defense. Switchy as exactly. hell on defense. Exactly. I mean, you know Tyler Bay. Yes, yeah, Colorado. Same same type of dude. Same type of mm-hmm. dude. Full of these, this draft class is full of these guys. So I don't understand how people call it weak. People only call it weak because they don't have seven guys that we're trying to act like are going to be superstars when we know damn well the average doesn't have seven superstars. Yeah. Like, we have so much history of the draft that we know there's not – when we come into these drafts and there's like, oh, it's, it's five guys that are just so great. Like last year draft. Mm-hmm. They're like Zion, Ja, RJ – they even try to hype up Darius Garland could be this incredible Cam Reddish. And then don't forget, Bo, Bo. Like, it's no draft that has seven guys. Yeah. So we got to stop. Like, the media does that a lot. We got to stop hyping these drafts up because the odds is, if you even if there's seven guys with superstar potential, two at most are going to hit it. 
So that's why I look at it from a floor. At worst, who is this guy going to be? Oh, at worst, Devin Vassell is going to be a solid DN3 guy? Like Danny Green? Hmm. I'll take that. At worst? Sure, give me that. If I'm putting him next to Trey Young, like if I'm the Hawks, Devin Vassell is on top of my list. Mm-hmm. Because the Hawks, you have Trey Young, you should just try to surround him with defenders who can shoot, like DeAndre, Ape, the Hunt, DeAndre Hunter that you got last year, like Cam Reddish. Shit, add more. You just got Clint Capella. You got John Collins. Just keep adding three and D guys. And whoever can stick, you keep. So that's why I like this draft. Hey, man. I feel that. I, I will say I find myself somewhere in the middle. I'm not the type to try to hype up everybody. But when I think about a player's floor, I think about they're taking the skills that they displayed in college and they're just applying that to the NBA. They're not getting any better. Um, kind of like a who, who just didn't get any better but was still good. Like, like Malcolm Brogdon, and that's not to say Malcolm Brogdon didn't get any better, but he basically applied the skills that he was already showing in college and put it on the NBA floor and was very good for it. So he was a steal for his draft. I would agree with that until now. Yeah, and this the year he took a leap for sure. He took a leap. He got, yeah, he got a lot of better. So, like, I, I'm trying to find, like, what, what skill sets do you have right now and then what could I easily add on to that? Like, it's not going to take a whole lot of work to, to get you to this point. So I'm somewhere in the middle in terms of trying to profile players. But uh, I did put out a video. I, you should check it out on Trey Jones because it didn't sound like you was convinced on him, bro. I, I think he I think he can be a at the I'd very, the very guard, you said The what? point guard position is just – it's a lot of point guards I would take over Trey Jones in this draft. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Because of, of the ceiling, right? I mean, Nico Manning, he can be up there. Not, Cole Anthony, not, you don't not, like Nico Manning. I wouldn't do, I don't know about Nico Manning. I'm not sold on him either, but uh Malachi Flynn. That's a guy that does not get enough buzz. Malachi Flynn. He San Diego State, right? He does not get enough buzz. One of my friends put me on to him. Cam Lewis. Malachi Flynn. Grant Riller. That's a bro. You I gotta t- contact you with my friend. He's he told me the exact same list of dudes. He said Malachi Flynn, Grant Riller are two dudes that does not get enough buzz. Yeah. No uh doubt. then obviously the hype on Killian Hayes is going up, so he's he's kind of a top tier. I like him a lot. Um, I'm not really sold on Cole Anthony. I think it depends on what team is getting him. Um, he's a guy that I think you should look at his floor. He reminds because, me a lot of know, Kobe White. It, yes, he in does. terms of uh, he he's like real quick off the dribble. Um, great pull up game, but the shot selection can be questionable at times, and that leads to a pretty low field goal percentage. So he reminds me a lot when of I look at, When I look at point guards, I, I, I got I to gotta look at the playmaking. Yeah. he. I like the Kobe White. He, he more so reminds me of Colin Sexton. Um, okay. Not much of passers. Both averaged like two assists uh, or three, um, but can shoot it and has sometimes bad shot selection. And yeah. I do know that Cole Anthony can get hot, though. Yeah. That way Colin Sexton does. That's why Cav fans always, his rookie year and then this year, they have these fades where they cling on to these two months where Colin Sexton was filling it up. I think Cole Anthony will be the same way mm. uh, depending on what team he goes to. But for him to hit his ceiling, he has to go to a team where he always has the ball, he can shoot whatever the fuck he wants, and that just doesn't exist. Yeah. There's no team that has a spot for Cole Anthony to come and do whatever the hell he wants. The Knicks just do. Doesn't. Say it again? <laughs> the Knicks do. No, we don't. Not with RJ Barrett. <laughs> you can't come in here and just do whatever the Knicks get. If they're gonna be a point guard, they're gonna have to be able to distribute because you're gonna play with RJ Barrett. You're gonna play with uh, Mitchell Robinson. You gotta be able to pass the ball, man. That's why I want Lamelo or give me Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Shit, I'll take Anthony Edwards, but let RJ be the point guard. Mm. Let RJ be a big ass point guard. But we gotta have somebody that's gonna be willing to distribute the ball. 
I will say Killian Hayes reminds me a lot of D'Angelo Russell. I think he's great out that pick and roll. He's he's really good out there. Kind of a slow paced game, but like just because he's controlling everybody on the court, he he just controls the pace of the game so well. He's he's very apt. I mean, you could tell he yeah. played overseas. Those overseas kids, man, they they getting better and better. That's for damn sure. I'm a big Killian Hayes fan, man. You go on my Twitter, you'll see some Killian Hayes tweets from years ago. Really? Mad everybody's catching up late. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you've been I'm on just, this. <laughs> I I don't even try to do it, say it in that tone, but. This shit, this basketball shit is exciting, man. I don't know how people be don't don't be on it because yeah. I, I want to know. I need. I, I want to know. I love it. I, I want to know. I'm like now with this draft. I'm kind of over this draft. I'm about to start getting ready for next year's draft. Man, think about 2025, man. Who who coming up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, man, this is a long ass episode. I usually try to keep these under an hour. We're looking at an hour sixteen right now, man. Just good ass conversation, but. Before we get up out of here, I did want to talk about the NBA awards, but not the regular NBA awards, my NBA awards because okay, I, which I like, I like, I like this. I, I had saw when you gave me like the rundown of the show, I didn't really want to, I didn't want to look at it because I didn't want to have preset. Right. Then I was in like a robot. I had all these yeah, things lined yeah, up. I answer. Yeah, 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 I wanted to be able to kind of let you catch me off guard, so I didn't even look at. I saw the heading, mm. but I didn't see. I think I saw one. Was like least improved, but yeah. everything else I didn't see. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm interested. When I read that, I'm like, oh, that's that's slick. Through the wire, should steal that. Hey man, yeah. by by all means, if you all y'all want to take that shit, just shout out my show. <laughs> like, just just by all means, you, y'all can have that one. I'm not attached to any of these ideas. But why don't we go ahead and start there? And, and let me give y'all some clarification for those of you listening. These are my NBA awards, so you're not going to see most improved player. You're not going to see most valuable player, defensive player of the year. That's all played out. You're going to be able to find that shit everywhere. Let me give you my shit, right? So the first one I want to bring up is least improved player. And this is like somebody that was very good the previous year and this, for whatever reason, took a drop off. So this dude was just not the same player this year. He took a step backward. Who for you would be the least improved player? Mm, When you put it like that, who is the least improved player? Blake Griffin. Yeah, I thought about him. And I'm I, and I say it with love because Blake Griffin is one of my favorites, but he was hurt, yeah. uh, and that's why that's a, actually a lame ass answer because he was hurt. I just cheated. I'm a, I'm a, this is my, this is my real one, mm-hmm. and it's not that he was bad this year. See, that's why it became tough because you said that who was good last year, but then now they not on shit. This dude yeah. was good last year and he was good this year, but the reason I'm putting him at least improved is because I didn't see the improvement. He just yeah. kind of stayed the same. He's okay. young, yeah, and that's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I thought about him. Didn't take a he's step at all. Still in that lane where he's just like scoring, cool defensively. But for them to reach where they want to go, he's going to have to take a step where he his playmaking elevates. Mm-hmm. Now he did get slightly better, but it wasn't better for them to be a significantly better team. That's what I mean by getting better. He's a key guy for them. He's their young star. He's like the face of their franchise. Either him or Rudy. But there's times this year where Rudy Gobert was their best player. Yeah, they need to always be. Donovan Mitchell is our guy. And to do that, I feel like they'd be a much more dynamic team if they could trust him to be the one at times, especially when Mike Conley is was having such a down year. It would have been good if they could just say, okay, Mike, we're going to move Donovan here. We'll have Royce O'Neal as our two. Mm-hmm. We'll have uh, Bogdanovich at three. And then we'll have Joe at four, Joe Ingles, and then we'll have Rudy. That team sounds very hard to guard because if you're doing a pick and roll with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and you have Bogdanovich over here, Ingles over here, and Royce over here in the corner. 
how do you help off that? Because all of those dudes are surrounded by he can just dish. Yeah. But because he's still lacking an advanced playmaking thing, which can still come. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be too hard on him. Mm-hmm. But until he gets that, they'll kind of be limited. They'll only be able to be so good because he can score, but he's not even an elite scorer yet. Yeah. I feel that, man. And it's funny that you said Donovan Mitchell because I got his backcourt counterpart as my least improved player because Mike Conley, to me, took a huge step back. And it's just because it just did not fit there. That I mean, you, you could tell that they're both ball-dominant guys that need the ball in their hands at the start of every possession to make shit happen. But Mike Conley just, you know, it just didn't work because Donovan Mitchell's the clear-cut better scorer. So you got Mike Conley trying to play off ball, and that just doesn't work. And I think they actually tried what you suggested is having Mike Conley to the bench. And I'm sure we'll see it in Orlando at some point, having him off the bench too. So I hope so because they got Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, you know, you're a Laker fan. Oh, yeah. Jordan Clarkson got extreme game, and I hope Jordan Clarkson uses this to it to his advantage because I think he's a lot better than he gets credit for. Another, there's some other guys. Um, uh, Laurie Markkinen was disappointed mm. this year. Yeah, I was. I'm a big Laurie Markkinen guy. I chalked that up Arizona. to his coach though. His coach didn't know how to use him. We can only use that. We we can only use that excuse so much for him, man. Boiling the when scapegoat. The player, it don't matter who the fuck your coach is. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Yeah, You're yeah. a Laker fan. Kobe was getting Kobe's whether he had Mike Brown, Rudy Tom Donovich, Phil, Phil Jackson. Who else did Kobe play for? Mike D'Antoni. Kobe was Kobe, and I, I don't want to use Kobe because he's one of the fucking greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, and you you are right. You are right. We got to cut him some slack, but I don't want to use that to just baby him because Laurie Markkinen has enough talent to where it don't matter who his coach is. It's certain things that he should just do, period, because he's that talented. I, I only hold players accountable that I, I know for sure you should have it in you. There. If I don't think you can do these things, then fine. I won't judge you. Like Donovan Mitchell, I know he can take another step. Right. I know he can. Everybody else is kind of doing it, and he has to if he wants to keep up. Jason Tatum took his step. Ingram took a step. Shit, Lonzo has gotten better. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox was injured, but he'll he'll be back next year and, mm-hmm. and play at a like Donovan Mitchell gotta keep up, man. Trey Young, Luca, these dudes are elevating. He gotta keep up with he gotta the pack. keep developing his game. Yeah. Devin Booker. Shit. And Devin Booker's a dude that actually added that playmaking to his game. That playmaking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No doubt. Um, I thought of Kyle Kuzma just because it, it just wasn't clicking for him this year like it was last year. Uh, Draymond Green was another one for me. Just see, I mean, he's he's a dude that needs the players around him for him to actually play as well as he can. He don't work well without Steph on the court. Um, yeah, that was a good one. So these are the rest of the ones that you ain't seen yet. So I'll start you with a, uh, I'll start you with sophomore of the year, and this is not the rookie of the year, but this is the second year player that took the biggest leap. But I'm taking Luca off the table and I'm taking Trey off the table just because those two dudes were on a completely different level. I feel like it's not even fair to put them in discussion. So excluding Luca and Trey, who's the sophomore of the year? Shea Gillis, Gillis Alexander. That's yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to take it away from him, but I do have a different one. But go ahead, right. give me a Shea argument. I don't even have Aiden. I, I wanted to give it to a low key dude. Uh, you you go ahead and give me tell me why Shea though. Oh, uh, for him to have the rookie year that he had, where it was like, oh, this dude is good defensively. Mm. He's a little mature, but then he took the step and he's a scorer now. You yeah. know, he's one of the he might I think he is their leading scorer. It's either him or Gallo. They both so. at like nineteen, but it's one or the other. And for him to you know now kind of be like transitioning to a shooting guard because he's playing Chris Paul. I think he's done a great job. Um, and I don't think anybody expected him to make this jump. Like, he had damn borderline all-star type year. 
um, on the team. And his team got good. His team was in the playoffs. His team was looked at as a team that is not supposed to be what they are. And he's one of the reasons. And, um, you know, it comes from playing next to Chris Paul, but he had to be a willing learner and, yeah. and pick up the information that he was being given. So uh, I, I got to give him give it to him. And hats off to him for his adaptability because that's a dude who can play on ball when you need him to and off ball when you need him to. And that, that's yeah. a hard thing to do. I want to flip you this, though, because this is a guy that I feel like has not got enough his just due around the league. My sophomore of the year is Devontae Graham. I love the leap that Devontae Graham took because he did it in the face of this Terry Rozier contract, right? Everybody's like, oh, hell, why are you playing Terry Rozier $20 million? Now you got to give him the ball every time. Devontae Graham says, to hell with that. I'm going to be the motherfucking point guard. I'm going to take all these shots. And he's going to eat what he averaged, like 18 a game. Um, and seven and a half assists, that's a hell of a season. And the leap, just the gap between the Devontae Graham we saw last year and the one we saw this year, that's an enormous leap for a dude to make, especially coming out of the second round. So I got to give it to him, man. I love what he was able to accomplish this year. No, I like I like that pick a lot. And I, I just find that you say exactly what comes to my eyes. It's like he did it in the face of Terry Ogier. And it's just like, you dumb fucks. Y'all <laughs> went out and gave him that bag when y'all had me. Dude, you had him time. sitting right there. How, how Jordan was a hell of a player. <laughs> not, not one for the ownership, though, man. Not one for the ownership. No wonder they didn't bring that up in the That's last name. Look, man. It's a bad look. For it's the, not a good look at all. All right, let's keep it pushing. Clutch award. This goes to the player that time and again came up clutch for his team throughout the entirety of this regular season. Um, this is a good one. I'm trying to think. Was a, I'm trying to think of a guy that really, really, really was clutch because a lot of these teams are so good that they don't really have any moments. Like Giannis and the Bucks don't really have no clutch moments. Yeah. Say, uh, I want to give it to one dude, but I'm trying to think about this other guy. Oh, Damian Lillard. Damian okay. Lillard. Yeah, I can't get mad at that. He He's like that every year. He, yeah. Dude's insane. They needed it more this year than anything with the injuries they had. Every game that they won – they need it because now they're in the mix to, to use this bubble shit to get in the playoffs. Yeah. And if they do end up getting getting in it, it'll be because of what he did before the bubble to keep them in contention to have a chance. Don't jinx the that, The fact man. that they even have a chance is all him. Don't jinx that for me because as a Lakers fan, I'd rather see Memphis. I would rather even see the the, the Pelicans as an AC than Damian Lillard because he tore us Correct. a new one. Yeah, I think yeah. it was one of the first games after Kobe had passed away. He came down yep. to Staples and tore us a new one, man. That was ridiculous. Dude couldn't miss that night. My clutch award goes to a dude that I think does not get his just due as a clutch player. And this is because he's a clutch offensive player, but you can't really have him in on clutch moments on defense. Nikola Jokic, man. Nikola Jokic comes up clutch time and again. He hit, I mean, he's one of the better difficult shot makers in the league with that fadeaway, and he, he's good at, you know, playing around in the paint. And, and it comes as a surprise, like I said, because you can't really play him on defense. But he's had some clutch-ass moments. He had a game-winner against the 76ers. He had a pull-away yeah. fadeaway against some, was it the it's Timberwolves in, in over T, over Carl Anthony Towns at that. And then he had another one against Dallas where he, he backed somebody down and he had a clutch shot. So I got to give it to, to he, he came up with some clutch-ass shots this year. So I'm going to give it but to Nikola Jokic. Top five, one of my favorite players. So, Hey, um, man. The new, the new point guard for the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I love all the Jokic love, man. I'm, I'm a big Jokic fan. Big, big Jokic fan. Two other dudes I had in mind. I, I always get my Bogdanovich's mixed up. The the one for Utah. Boyan, Boyan. I think it is. Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich. 
he came up clutch a couple times. And then Ja Morant. Ja Morant had some clutch-ass plays this year. Yeah, Take I love Ja. Shout out to Memphis. Shout out to yeah, Memphis. That's another thing. Boyan had some t- plays for Utah that should have been who? Should have been Donovan Mitchell. And to their credit, it was it was a lot of it was like kickout plays. It wasn't like Boyan was doing the ball handling and, and came up with a shot. It was, I forget. He did, he, he did one, but I know the one that I'm remembering was like a fadeaway in the corner that was off a kickout. Yeah, that was against the Bucks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But yeah, boy, I, yeah, you're right. It, it really should be Donovan Mitchell's ball in those times. You, you want to see? Yeah, because I, I think Boyan hit one, and they started drawing him up for him to get him. Yeah, I mean, because he is the best shooter, right? So if you if you have to take a three and you need a three, you might as well give it to the best shooter on the team. But you would like to see Donovan Mitchell kind of put the team on his back in those moments. Yeah. All right, man. Dog of the year, underappreciated role player that hustles. He does the grunt work. He does all the ugly stuff that nobody wants to do. Give him his props, man. Who's the dog of the year? PJ Tucker. I had him on my list. I, I didn't give it to him, but I had him on my list. I, I like where you're PJ going with that. Tucker. I like PJ Tucker. Um, since uh, before he got hurt, the white power. I like the white power with the Mavericks. Um, who else are some guys that I, I would think of? I'm, t- I'm trying to think of teams out in the playoffs who got like role players yeah. that really matter. Um. I'll take those two. Dwight Powell, uh, PJ Tucker, and I'm trying to think of one. Let me think of one more. Um, who was a guy on one of these top teams? I'm trying to think. Who was somebody on a Raptors team? The Raptors have good role. They, they all kind of dogs. <laughs> like they, they, they all. Oh, you know, I take that back. Give me Jay Crowder. Did his mm. thing with the Grizzlies. Then he went to the Heat, doing his thing in there too. Jay Crowder. Dude, switch teams. You still give. I, I like that. Jay Crowder. He again underappreciated player. Plays does. I mean, he's a pretty good playmaker. They, a lot better than people give him credit for. But uh, I, I like Jay Crowder. I, I hate to see him go, but they did get Justice Winslow out of him. So I, I like that. Even though his ass is made of glass, dude cannot stay know, healthy, man. man. I want to see him play too because he has a really good game. Yeah, he does. Said he's not gonna be able to play in a bubble. I was disappointed. Yeah, I thought PJ Tucker. I thought of Steven Adams just because he's like he's the he's a dude who does that every year. Just so much of the ugly work. You know, the Lakers fan in me thought about Dwight Howard, but I just can't in good conscience give it to him. Give me Marcus Smart, man. Marcus Smart is a freaking dog. And when I tell you, I'm six one. I'm a, I'm gonna go on a tangent here. I'm six one, but I'm like a little bit more built than a lot of my friends are. So whenever we go play pickup. I always have to go play in the freaking paint against some 6'5", just sloppy. You can tell the dude played left tackle in high school, and I'm having to go down there and bang with him, man. And that is literally what Marcus Smart does on a nightly basis. That dude has to go because the the, the Celtics are so duplicit of, like, people who can go defend in the paint. They have to use Marcus Smart in those spots, and he's really down there banging around with dudes that are just so much bigger than him, so much stronger than him, but he does all, to his credit, it does a lot of the ugly work. He's great at defending on the perimeter as well, getting in passing lanes, and then one play, man. I'm sure you remember this play. They're playing the Clippers. This was the same night that uh, Jason Tatum would drop Kawhi, or no, Jason Tatum dropped Paul George, yeah. And I, I can't remember if it was before or after that play, but Marcus Smart, he fights around Kawhi's long-ass arm. Somehow he gets around that thing, dives into the scorer's table, hooks the ball, is able to get that thing off of Kawhi's heel, Celtics ball. That's just the epitome of what Marcus Smart is, man. He's a he dog. He gets the award. He fits the dog. He gets the award, yeah. Yeah, He's a, He is a dog. That dude is Marcus a Smart, dog. No, I, like, I love Marcus Smart. No doubt I think about that. Teams need guys like him, man. 
Oh yeah, I remember the the year that he was he got drafted. It was the same draft as Julius Randle, and this was one of the first years that I even paid attention to the NBA draft. Unlike you, I wasn't into it my whole life. It was like one of the first years I actually paid attention to it, and I was thinking because the Lakers needed a point guard at the time. I'm like, this smart dude looks pretty good, but we ended up having he got picked a little picked right before the Lakers. Um, I was hoping the Lakers took a chance on Zach Levine. Man, I mean, whoever I always think about it like this. Even when the Lakers missed on those past draft picks. I think about it like it didn't matter anyway because any young player, you said what? Uh, I thought you were going to say it don't matter because we could just try to get him in free agency. Oh, hell. That, that's what a Lakers fan would say. I'm not that Lakers fan, but Lakers fans will talk like that. It don't matter because whoever we got would have got traded for Anthony Davis anyway. We basically gave, gave up the entire house for him. So Julius Randle was not one of those guys. No, though. he was not. He left on his own volition because for whatever reason, we wanted to pay Rajon Rondo instead of Julius Randle. That still is beyond me why we made that decision. But, hey, who am I to question what these NBA execs do? <laughs> Julius Randle had a hell of a year over there too, man. Yeah, he did. I remember being just sitting pissed as hell because I remember when it happened. I was like, why would you get Rajon Rondo on the back end of his career when you got Julius Randle? And they got paid like around $9 million, the same amount of money. So it really just didn't make any sense to me at the time. Still doesn't make any sense to me, but that's where the Lakers were at. That was hard guy to fit, man. You said what? Julius Randle is a hard guy to fit. He's a hard guy to fit, but like at a certain because Rondo, since he put on a Lakers uniform, has not provided. He's provided little to nothing. He's on the last lane. Maybe even playoff Rondo. What's up? That's been Rondo for a while now. You got to get Rondo in the playoffs. I know he's hurt now, but Rondo, Rondo, the last I don't know how many years really ain't been shit in the regular with the Pelicans when they had that run. He wasn't lighting it up that season, but the playoffs. He did his thing with the Bulls. He wasn't having some magic season with the Bulls, but when the playoffs came, that's how we get playoff Rondo. So, but y'all didn't make it last year. He might have would have turned it up last year. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, man. I wish that team would have made the playoffs, bro. I love that that team, man. man. I love that team. It, it would have been. Ingram, Bron, I love the Kuzma. I loved that team. I was so hurt they didn't make it, man. I love I, I, I love that team. I'll for always, I I'll, I'll always and forever be attached to those players just because, like, A, those were the players that got us Anthony Davis, and B, that was my hope for so long, even when we sucked. Like, I was like, okay, these are going to be the guys that pan out and take us to the next level. But, yeah, those, those dudes are I'm all Pelicans now. Fan, you said what? And I'm, I'm a Paul George fan, mm-hmm. so I wanted, I wanted Paul George to go there before LeBron had went. So he could play with them. Uh, that would have been a nice-ass team. Don't even get me started with that one, man. Paul George... He, I still feel the type of way to this day about Paul George, and that you know the, the dude, he, he's he's got his, he's a grown ass man. He can go make whatever decision he wants, but like to to for him to be on Indiana talking about I want to go be a Laker, and then have an opportunity to come join us, and then sticks with OKC. And at least at that point in time, I'm thinking, okay, you know what, loyalty, you've developed this relationship with Russell Westbrook. You want to be loyal to the city. You can go You can go do that. And then he's like, actually, I want to go be a Clipper now. I was just sitting there like, really? Like, that. I, I feel the type of way for that forever, man. Paul George, that hurt my heart. I really thought he wanted to be a Laker. I really did. But um, let's move on to the – I think this is the last one, actually, man. And this is one that means most to me just because – when we watch basketball, at the end of the day, it's, it's fun for us, right? We want to watch basketball because we yeah. enjoy watching this shit. So this is the award called Most Fun to Watch, the player you just had a hell of a time watching play this year. Who is the most fun player for you to watch? Um, Luca. Really? Probably one of the number ones. 
I got so many. Uh, Luca, I had fun watching this year. John Morant fist his mold. He was a much CTV every night. Um, trying to think of some interesting picks and not just like the typical because every every night you can watch LeBron. Is yeah. like Zach Levine was exciting. He was. Uh, Especially because he was like, it felt like he was not only battling the opposing team, but his coach at the same time. Like he's fighting against his coach and the team. That he was definitely fun to watch. Um, Jokic, of course. Yeah. Like I said, Jokic is one of those guys. And let me let me let me think of somebody who is uh different to watch or for some unique reason. Dante Divincenzo. Really. I, I'm a big you have to flush that one out. <laughs> Dante yeah, he's very good defensively, and uh, he's, he can he can get buckets when they give him the chance to. I think he's going to have some great playoff performances this year. Mm. Right, like don't forget that. I, hey, it's recorded, don't, man. When it happens, we'll come back here. Hey, man, by all means, you the day that I, I told I had a guest on Mark Gennels on on two podcasts ago, I think, and he said, you know. Don't hold, or he said, hold him to it. He said, mark my words. Patrick Mahomes is working on a behind the back pass, and I'm looking at him because I used to play quarterback. I'm like, man, get the hell out of here. He's not working on no behind the back pass. And then, yeah, oh, I played quarterback through eighth grade, and then we started throwing the ball, and it didn't start. It started. It said, I, I was, I was a little, I was young, Mike Vick, man. I just started running the ball. That's why I was like, oh, see, I, I remember you saying to Mike yeah. Vick, I'm like, oh yeah, yo, number seven on my chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drop back two seconds. You ever seen the um? RDC World, man, you know, you, you seen that video where he just dropped oh, back and keep on running? Like, yeah, man. I actually saw you guys play them um, pickup basketball. That shit was funny. Yeah. That shit was that, funny. I, that was, was one of my favorite was, YouTube videos. But yeah, yeah those my brothers, man. I love those dudes. Yeah, man. That that, that video where they had, like, the, the flag football quarterback where he drops back for two seconds and then takes off <laughs> running, that was me. I, I, I ain't never hey, thought my, that thing. My brother was the same way. I have an older brother who used to play flag football. He used to have to go watch his games, and mm-hmm. he was a, a running quarterback. Who never fucking threw the ball? <laughs> hey man, you know, so. if 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 I can't trust anything else, I'm gonna trust my legs. I trust my legs before I trust my arm for damn sure. Did you play football in high school? I did. I played. What uh, position did you play? I played shit, man. Throughout the course of high school, I got bigger and slower. So I started out as a corner and outside wide receiver. Then I moved to safety. Um, and then junior year, I actually broke my femur bone. Um, huh. yeah, that that's that shit hurt obviously. So. Took a couple months off. Obviously, I had to get that shit right. Um, and I came back, and I, they moved me down to linebacker. So I, I really didn't stick to one position throughout the entirety of high school. But I actually, uh, that's I, dope though. You played some, you played some cool ass positions. I, I, I love cornerback. I love I, these aren't positions that I would ever have had a chance to play. I'm too slow. Right. But uh, cornerback, I think that's just I love cornerbacks. The the, the mindset of just shutting down as one dude. Yeah. I, of course, obviously, unless you're in a zone coverage. Mm-hmm. But just saying, I'm stop. Like I like corners that like, you know, it's been a it, the big fuss is that Richard Sherman doesn't follow the receiver. He always yeah. played on the side of the field. But I love like Revis. Like he'll just put you on an island. You and me. Yeah. We we, yeah, we got a date all game long. Mano y mano. Yeah. Um, y'all just got like my favorite corner recently, too. Darius Slay? Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Philly, boy. Yeah, because we've been struggling for the longest time. Like, from from the moment I became an Eagles fan, when we when Mike Vick first came, we had Asante Samuel. He was straight. But the yeah, second he, he left, my God, we was bad, bro. Like, 
we talking that name Asante Samuel. He was he was nice, man. Yeah, yeah, and we got him unfortunately on like the tail end of his career, so like he was still good, but he wasn't as good yeah, as he was. Who was he in his prime with the Falcons or some I shit? I think so. That reminds me. Yeah, I, I think it was. And, and we also had Namni Asamoa in his ad. As soon as he left Oakland, he just sucked. He was. Bro, he was, <laughs> bro I remember when y'all got him, and we was me and my home because my homie's a big football guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we like, damn. And he went to Philly and was just like he what? wasn't nothing. And, and it's it, you have to be able to tell with corners whether they're a guy that's a product of the scheme they played in or a guy that's a product of their talent. Asamoah was a product of the scheme that he played in, and we tried to put his ass on an island, and it just ain't work because he wasn't a freaking island corner. That just didn't yeah, work. He was a, and he was a dude that was always with Oakland. The reason I know who he was because he was always highly rated. And then I started to watch. I'm like, why? Who the fuck is this dude? Is every year he's highly rated. So right. I started to watch him. And then yeah, he went to the Eagles and wasn't on shit. Nope. Uh, then safety, I love. So I got a Sean, Ta- a Sean Taylor, a rest in peace jersey right here because I love to say. I like right now my favorite safety is probably Jamal Adams, and I'm hoping he put yeah. that on his helmet. But uh, uh, I, the safety position is dope. I just hope he gets up out of New York, man. <laughs> That's just not a good situation. Again? I said I just hope he gets up out of New York. They don't know what they're doing yeah. up there. He just made a tweet yesterday reposting an article like this is why I requested a trade. So yeah. he's adamant about getting up out of there. Shoot, man. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be there. Wide receiver, wide receiver is the first thing that got me into football. Really? Like I said, Michael Irvin. Um, and that's like really the only position I can really pinpoint as far as draft. Like when I watch the NFL draft, I can't tell you if this guy is going to be. But when it comes to receivers, I know receivers. Right. But anything else, I don't really know, man. I'm like, I'm like, just guessing. Well, let me ask you this, man. Who is? Because this was a pretty, really, actually, not even pretty good. It was like damn good receiver class this year. Who was? Who was? Uh, aside from like the Jerry Judys, the Henry Ruggs, the the CD Lambs of the world, who was? Who was some of your favorite guys from this year's draft? There was a guy. Oh shit! What is his name? I forgot his damn name. I'm gonna look him up. He, who, who we play for? Tennessee. Tennessee. Damn, my phone died. He's big as shit, man. He's like six six. Oh, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like um, something Johnson, Colin Johnson. Yes, something. Colin Johnson. That's who it is. And he Johnson. actually played for Texas. Uh, burnt orange. Oh, he was Texas. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, Texas. you're good. You're right. You're no. right. You're right. You are right. Yes, yes, yes. He did go to Texas. Yes, yes. He went to Texas. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're he, right. He's big. Yeah, man. I like I like him a lot. See, you six four. You probably like those big dudes who come down. Yeah. With him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me I ask do. what you think about Denzel Mims because I I love me some Denzel Mims. I don't know who this is. Oh, bro, you got to check him out. Put he, me on. Put he, me uh, on. He went to Baylor. Um, he was drafted in the second. Actually, he might have. It was the third round of the draft because I, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm just sitting here waiting on the edge of my seat, waiting for us to get Denzel Mims. Bro, who was the receiver y'all got? He's not. He's y'all didn't draft him this year. Light skinned guy. Name start with like an A. His name start. Last with name a. is like an A. He's a receiver for the Eagles. Oh, you talking about JJ Ortega like, Whiteside? I like that dude too. Really? Yeah, I like him, man. He, I like he, him. He, he did well, not I, I liked. Well. I liked in college. I liked yeah. him in college. He did not perform well this past season. Did he not? No, oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, I wish he would have like because he he has Alshon Jeffrey potential, but he just it didn't come to fruition this year. He still got time though. We'll see how he pans out, but. I'm sitting here waiting, and, and the folks that listen to this podcast know. They, folks that listen to this podcast probably shutting it down right now because I've done talked about this so many times that I love me some Denzel Mims, and I hated that we drafted Jalen Rager. But we sitting in the second round, still needing a receiver, and I see Denzel Mims still on the board, and we get Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. For what reason? 
for what reason, we get Jalen Hurts and Denzel Mims. He ends up going to the Jets, but he's a dude, 6'3", strong as all hell, really good catch radius. The dude, like, you put it within this vicinity of his outstretched arms, he's coming down with that thing. Hell of a route runner for his size. Like, the dude is going to be a baller, man. He, he went to the New York Jets, unfortunately. No, so. what school did he go to? Oh, he went to Baylor. Oh, you said Baylor. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah he went to up, Baylor. Man. He's, he's real good, up. man. I think he got star potential. Every year you got one of those receivers that kind of slips through the cracks. He don't go in the first round, but he go in the year. second round, and he just Every ends up being year. a dude like uh, Mike Thomas is one of them. Devontae Adams is one of them. I think he's going to be in that range of players that he's just, you know, people he's going to pop off. The only problem is they ain't got nobody else to cover up there in New York. You know, you got Jay Crowder maybe. But, like, you know, he, he probably going to command a lot of attention. So, that's but, unfortunate. But but that's every, every year. The receiver yeah. position every year, man. Every year, man. Like those names you just named. Come on, man. Imagine redraft. Devontae Adams and, and, and Mike Thomas, they're not, they're not going to be available right yeah. there. I mean, every hell, year, you even look at um McCall Hardman for Kansas City. Dude was like a fourth, third, fourth, fifth round pick. Somewhere in there. He was in the middle rounds. Um. Who was even a, even some of the all-time greats. Tara Owens wasn't a first-round pick. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like shit is crazy. I, re- I still remember the day. And then you have a lot of guys who flopped who were taken high. Yeah. Like Mike Williams out of USC. I loved Mike Williams. Dog. It's sometimes, like, the wide receiver and corner are just hard to tell a lot of yeah. times because they're such athletically driven positions where all the way just to about the college level, just being a better athlete than the dude in front of you will make you successful. But the second you hit that NFL, everybody's a world-class athlete. So that athleticism, unless you Randy Moss and you just physically built different than everybody else, you're going to have to learn like the subtleties and route running and how to shove dudes off you and how to get open quickly and find open space. So unless you can learn all that stuff, you're not going to be a, a good receiver at the next level. So the people Basketball who can actually, is the same way, man. Yeah. Oh, no A lot doubt. of guys athletically dominate, hence, hence Andrew Wiggins. And then they get to a level playing ground, and they're not as dominant. Andrew Wiggins isn't a bum or a, or a terrible player, but they hyped him up as the next LeBron because he was so dominant. But then you put him on an even playing field, yep, and he's not dominant. Unless you Zion Williamson, man. <laughs> Unless you just physically just a god, you, you you gonna have to learn how to do a lot of the little things that you wouldn't have had to do when you were in college and damn sure not in high school. I mean, hell, you you can yeah. be um uh who who's just a dude that's physically different right now in high school. Uh, I mean, Trayvon Duvall was a perfect example. Just physically built different than everyone around him, but the Bro. second he hit the next level, he couldn't. He, it didn't translate. Dennis Smith Bro. Jr. Same way. You, I mean, we talked. I about, thought Trayvon Duvall was gonna be s- nice. He still got the potential to be, but he just has a lot of learning to do because he didn't have to do any of that while he was at a- IMG because he was just better than everyone. Should have never went to Duke. Should have went to Seton Hall. Man. I knew Duke was a mistake the moment he committed. That's where my pops went. Seton Hall. Shout out to Seton Hall, Shout out to USC. Shout out to USC first. Shout out to Seton Hall, too, Hey, man. man. We got some cats coming in this year. Uh, I actually just finished up a piece, uh, me and my friend, Eddie's son. We wrote about, because we got this coach, uh, Eric Mobley. He's our assistant coach. And then both of his boys, uh, Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley, all three of them at, at, at USC right now. And Evan... And Isaiah, really. Isaiah is one of those point forwards. Like, he can distribute the ball, but he's just big as hell. So, it's yeah, going to be. Uh, I'm ready to see. Isaiah has already been there for a year, right? Yeah, Isaiah's been there I'm for a year. I'm ready to see Evan. Yeah, I'm ready to see Evan Mobley. I know about the Mobley, the Mobley guys. Um, yeah, I'm ready to see, man. Two of them together, man. It's going to be I'm something ex- fierce. I'm excited. I love college basketball, dog. Yup. 
it's the, that it's, shit in the world. It is the last haven where you know talent does not prevail. Like physical gifts, like in on an individual uh, standpoint, if you're physically gifted, you will prevail individually. But as from a team perspective, you can still like scheme your way to a um to a championship. Like a lot of times, like who who is the team like? Virginia Tech was not that like physically gifted of a team, but they just had a great uh, scheme. And South Carolina a couple years back, same way. Texas Tech, same way. If you just have a good, all solid teams, team. All these teams have the same thing in common. They have great coaches. Exactly. That's my dream job. Being a coach? Be a GM, or not just a coach, but a college coach. I just love the whole idea of recruiting guys, building relationships, helping these young men grow into great men, whether they go to the NBA or not. And then, yeah, potentially having – Guys that you coach that go to the NBA. That's like, dope, I love man. when, like, Calipari, I think, does a good job of, like, getting these guys ready to go and live their dreams and yeah. to be able to recruit a guy from an inner city type thing and put them in a position to where they can achieve their dreams and change their family's life, uh, to me, is, 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 is beautiful. And yeah. then just the thought of recruiting. Yeah. You're going to watch somebody and go to their house and, like, recruit them to come play with you over Coach K and this guy and that guy. is just dope. Cause I'm a competitive guy. So when you think about doing that, and I and I know I, I know how to be a player's coach because yeah. I played for guys who weren't. So, I, I, yeah. I feel and like you said, you can scheme. It's, it's also where the, the coach controls. I don't want to be an NBA coach because they'll pick James Harden over me. Yeah. But it can't <laughs> happen like that in college. So you control the shit. And I know I'm not trying to – some college coaches hold their players back for their self and the program. Mm-hmm. We know he has NBA potential, so we're not going to overly expose him because then the scouts will, will, will drive his mind into telling him to leave early. So we'll just keep him a little hidden. Mm-hmm. That's why I really like Kansas because they have a history of doing that, trying to really? keep their guys stuck a little bit. Like Devontae Graham to where he's there for three, four years. Uh, Speed Makai Luke. You know what I mean? Guys like that. Speed Makai Luke should have had been left. Mm-hmm. But he ended up having to stay, and then he was a second-round pick. But he he showed his draft potential way before, but they kind of hold their players near and dear. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a, I don't want to make this shit two hours. No, but yeah. I, I feel you, man. Like It's one of those jobs where, I mean, you talked about recruiting. If you can establish genuine relationships with people, you're going to be successful in that, in that respect. And it, it's about, you know – I, I never went through the recruiting process myself. I did have a coach call me to, to, to come check out their facility. But by that point, I, I kind of, you know, left my football career behind me. So it, it was uh, I've had a lot of friends who've gone through it. And athletes, they're not stupid, man. They can tell when you just want to get them in the building so that you can because you're good as hell at football or basketball, or whatever shit that you do. And they can tell the difference between somebody who actually gives a fuck about them and what their career is going to be in the future. So. They're not stupid. If you, if you can establish genuine, meaningful relationships with players, you're going to be successful in that respect. I think that's a very honorable profession is being a coach because that's somebody that's not just helping you develop, you know, a skill set at a professional level, but at a personal level. A coach that cares about his players goes a long way, man. I mean, my dad coached yeah. me growing up when I, when I was, you know, playing peewee Pop Warner football, man. Still keep in contact with those kids to this day. I mean, the, some of those dudes are my best friends. I treat them like brothers, man, because it's like, you know, that, that, that shit ends up becoming a family if you do it the right way. Yeah, that's why one of the things I put on, I say about having a job is, yeah, you're, you're, you're not even, you're not growing these people into being like basketball players, but also men, because all of them aren't going to the NBA. Yeah. So... If I'm at a if I'm at USC and I'm the coach there, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Of course, we have a goal. We want to be the best program we can be. We want to win as many games. We want to try to win a national championship. 
but then I also have to have the, this relationship with these guys to where, yeah, I'm helping them after basketball because, shit, you only have four years here. And if you ain't going to the NBA, you have to do so much of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think, uh, I think think we're able to see the guys who are good at that because there's no coincidence why Calipari has such deep guys every single year in, year out. Um, you know, so... Yeah, kind of speaks, speaks for itself. No doubt. And, and you know, even Shaseski, right? I don't think people would keep going to that program if he wasn't a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the player – or the, it, it's a little bit easier to tell in basketball than it is football because football, you kind of need that platform. People – coaches can easily you, – you can hide talent a lot easier in football than you can basketball. If you come to my program, we only got 15 dudes out here. If you're one of the best 15, we're going to see that. But a football roster got 100-plus dudes on there. If I don't like you and I'm the coach, I can put you on the bench and no one's going to even think about you. So, you know, I think that plays into a lot of what we see. I mean, hell, we saw when the whole Black Lives Matter movement popped off again, and none of these SEC coaches are saying anything except for maybe, like, Ed Orgeron. You got Dabo Swinney out there. You know, they're bringing up his old stuff that he's been talking about. Shout out to the players, too, man. Shout out to the players that stood up and said, I'm not going back to the schools. Oh, yeah. Going on, I like I had like I saw I like to see that. And then football, another thing is like there's not a lot of true freshmen that come and bust on the scene. Yeah, like you gotta wait in the wing for like a year or two. Like especially quarterback, how many true freshman quarterbacks really come on the scene and are leading those teams? It's just rare. So, yeah. uh, basketball is the opposite. Freshmen are coming in, they dominating the game. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's you know it's it's all it's all um. A relationship thing and, and genuine, you know, love and respect. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, you see, you, you threw me so far off. I wanted to talk about my most fun to watch, but this is such. I don't. I don't get to talk about this a whole lot, man. Just the idea of coaching. I feel like most people that get into sports analysis probably have some part of them that would like to go be a coach or a scout or a general manager some way. Just because we talk about it so much, you know, you get to a point where you feel like, hell, I could go do that. I, I know enough. I can do that. You think that yeah. might be in your future at some point with, with uh, after House of Highlights? GMing or college coaching. Mm. If I'm going to do something in NBA, it's going to be in the front office. I don't have, I don't want to do no coaching. Uh, I might, I might do some scouting, but even then, eh. but GMing or something in the front office, assistant general manager, some shit like that would be cool. And then if I'm going to do any coaching, I want it to be at a lower level. I want it to be high school or college, preferably college, but a lot of people start in high school. Um, and I was going to be that before the podcast. I was going to school to be a teacher so that I could coach a high school team. That's dope. But man. obviously the podcast popped and um, I didn't go back to school, obviously, because yeah. I'm here. But uh, yeah, general manager or college coaching at a division one school. Sign me up for it if the opportunity presents itself. Um, but helping helping kids is just or not even kids should helping people is just. This is the thought of it is always uh, provoking and encouraging to me. No doubt, man. Coach Pierre, who the thunk it, man? <laughs> Coach P, man. Coach, Coach P. Coach P. Coach P. I, I like that. Uh, I don't. I want to be respectful of your time. So I. I mean, we coming up on two hours here, man. I. I swear to God, my podcast is usually about <laughs> forty two to to uh, an hour, man. But you, it's a good ass conversation, man. Sometimes that's how the thing rolls. But I do want to bring up. My most fun player to watch because I'd be remiss if I didn't get it to, you know, take every opportunity that I could to talk about my guy, John Moran. When I tell you I have not had as much fun watching a player as I've had watching John Morant this year, possibly in my entire basketball life, because obviously I came up watching Kobe. 
obviously you love watching LeBron. Obviously, Stephen Curry's one of the most fun players to watch. But there's just a certain level of when I was talking to Coach Mobley for for the for the piece that I was writing with my friend, he said something that I'm always gonna hold with me that basketball is a game of creation and imagination right the, the you know you can be a great athlete you can have all these fundamental skill sets but the people who really separate themselves are the guys who are creative and imaginative with what they can do on the court and John Morant he just embodies that so well man some of the stuff that he does you can just tell it was never planned it's all reaction and instinct and he does it so well when you talk about Oh, shit, the, the, the dude, when, when, you, ever, you remember that fast break where he kind of goes in between his legs behind his back for no reason, really? Then he passes it, I think it's it was Rockets, to Jaron Jackson. Right? You said what? It's the Rockets, I believe. I think so. Yeah, it's just like, you know, where where do you come up with that sort of stuff? And it's just so much stuff that'll take you out of your seat. The high-flying acrobatics, not even just when he dunks, but when the dude double, triple pumps in the air, dumps it off to somebody. It's just all so fun to watch because you just don't know what's about to happen with the dude. Not to mention the fact that, you know, he just has this edge on his shoulder. You, you, people love watching a guy that have a chip on their shoulder. And you can tell, like, with John Morant, that's a dude who wasn't supposed to be in the position that he was now. Coming out of, I mean, everybody knows the story about he's hooping in the back gym because he wasn't on the select team. The coach comes in. He sees, like, oh, shit, this dude got something. Ends up going to Murray State. I mean, at every stop in his career, he's been somewhere where he's been the underdog. And I think the fact that he's in Memphis now is just a perfect continuation of that because Memphis is never going to be one of these top-tier teams in the league. They're never going to be a Knicks or a Lakers or a Boston or a Warriors. They're always going to be that underdog. You know, They might get to a point where they're going to compete for a championship at some point, but they're always going to be viewed as one of the little brothers in the NBA. And John Morant is perfectly content with that, man. I remember he said something like when they first got in the bubble and you know the players were complaining about the food. You said what? He said, this ain't nothing new to me. Exactly. He's like, man, I need a bed. I need, you know, fucking food in my stomach, and I'll be all right. Like, it ain't, it ain't nothing. Like, child, he's just so grounded and driven and, and you know, just in the on-court play, the, the combination of creativity and athleticism, it's all, it all just combines to something that's so fun to watch, man. I mean, you brought him up. Just so fun to watch this season. I can't yeah, wait I to see what he does in the future. I've been a Ja dudes since Murray State. Um, yeah, man. Like you said, creativity. That's 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 why it's important to watch how guys are being developed and how they train because a lot of these guys are getting trained and uh, taught to play basketball in a way that it's not it's not supposed to be that way. Basketball is a reaction sport, so mm-hmm. you shouldn't be trained. Like when I see guys doing workouts and shit, it's like, yeah, that's cool, but you're 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 putting him in a position to where he re- he's reacting to that. But the defender might go that way. What happens if right. the defender do that? You got him training for the move for the defender to react this way. So you There's talk- a chance that the defender might not react that way. So yeah. now what does, he, what does he do? So you you talking about like when a coach will set up like cones and you're like, okay, I want you to cross over here. Then I want you to get to the elbow and pull up like, you know, when you don't have a dude in front of you. I, don't have, I have no problem with that. But mm-hmm. what should follow after those things is something that we call a counter. Yeah. Oh, I, I know what a counter is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so I see a lot of people and a lot of trainers train in a certain way without having a counter. There's nothing wrong with cone work, but sometimes we got to pull those cones away and we got to react and, and we got to encourage that. Like the whole trainer uh, era or movement that we're getting into in this generation is mm-hmm. kind of cool or whatever, but it's getting a little bit overhyped. It's not, the basics is always going outside, playing basketball in real time against real people who aren't a cone. 
because mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. It's trial and error. It's reaction. You're doing an in and out move. He reacts this way, so you go that way. You go behind your back, and if he doesn't go anywhere, you got to go right back behind your back again. But if you're only doing it in a drill, and you're you, you're doing it as to where nobody's ever going to cut you off, then the moment the guy does cut you off, boom, he's going the other way and dunking that bitch on the opposite end of the floor because you have no counters. Yeah. Same thing with a pump fake. When you pump fake, there's so many options. I pump fake, jab. But if I jab and he stays still, then I'm going to just keep going. Keep going, yeah. If I jab and he goes, I go the opposite direction. What happens if you pump fake and he doesn't jump? He doesn't react to it. What do you do Shoot then? it. <laughs> if you I can mean, shoot so it. So it's like so many different things that, you know, people are, people are training kids to react to when it's a reaction sport. Yeah. And I know it, it kind of sounds crazy. They're reacting, but you're saying it's a reacting sport. But it's like... You can't. Pre- I can't predict. If me and you are playing, I can't predict what, you, what you're going to do. Yeah. I can't. There's no way for me to know. So I need to be prepared for any option. And that's why I think basketball gets overcomplicated because I look at it from a, a simple standpoint. Now, I'm taking whatever you give me. If me and you are playing against each other, if you're giving me a shot, taking it. If you're covering me and you're giving me the lane to go around, I'm going around you. Whatever the defense gives you is what you take. Simple. And I know you can hoop, man. I've seen it. I, I've seen the uh, the little through the wire uh, when y'all played RDC. Those weren't fair yeah. teams, by the way. You got to switch up those teams. That you RDC like they hoop, but they don't really hoop like that. We bro. did though. We gave them. Uh, I don't know if you know him. We gave them Marcellus Howard. Oh yeah, I know Marcellus. Well, not I know of Marcellus Howard. But there was a game where he's on their team. I mean, we played in Vegas. They might need more than that. <laughs> I, I, they, they don't none of them hoop like that. Like y'all, y'all. I know Kenny. He he played in high school, but he he's not the biggest dude. But uh, outside of that, like uh, shit. What his name's forgetting? Not Mike, but uh, there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he hoops and you hoop. Like uh, yeah, y'all got to switch up them teams hey, I'm somehow. Down play, I'm down to play anybody, man. They. I, I'm not the biggest uh personality out here. But my fans be throwing out people like Barattis, uh Cash oh. Nasty, Light. I'll, I'll thrash all of these dudes. I'm down to play anybody. I wonder. I I, I know you. I mean, fight. We we know what fights about the dude. He can't hoop. <laughs> he's entertaining as all hell to watch, but the dude can't hoop like that. Barattis, he's on the smaller side. I wonder what it would look like with Cash though, because he's been working on his game a little bit. He not he he ain't gonna be as easy to throw around. When I watched him, yeah, I, that that would never. That's never my tactic. I, I'm not like a, a super physical dude, mm-hmm. but he is because I saw him throw around Baradas. Oh yeah, he, he uh, catch going me around he, like no. that. Oh, hell and no. I'm six four, so I blocked that shit. He he would have to shoot the ball, and he didn't really do that against Baradas. He just barreled a man on the paint when I watched them play one on one, and he a little loose with that handle. I got a long reach. I'm getting in there. I got big hands. I'm getting that ball. Hey, that's um, that's one thing I could yeah, always I, do, man. Defend. I might I, not be able to make a jumper to save my life. No, that's nowadays. my new thing. That's my new thing. I'm like offense is it's it's whatever. It's easy. Uh, but I'm 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 challenging all quarantine. I've been getting myself. I lost weight. I trimmed down. I'm getting getting my wind up. So when I get back on the basketball court, that's my next thing is to be a, a, a stopper because offense is nothing. I'm I'm gonna get mine. So I don't I think there's nobody that can fuck with me. But defensively, I want to I want to give you thirty and stop you from scoring. Damn. All right. Why well, I do this? This is a little. I didn't schedule this, but hell, I got time. I hope you got time. I want to. I don't want to. I, I you got something to do. You got somewhere to be. I'm my own boss, man. I do whatever I want to do. Hey, that's the love to see that. So what I want to do, I'm gonna just throw out some names, some personalities. 
and you tell me whether you think you could take him one on one. And I know you're a confident dude. Right? You come across as somebody that. But probably, I'm also honest. Yeah, that's why. I'll just I, let you know if it's an ass busting. I'm winning close. I'll just do it like that. All right, for sure. Jesser. Um, I haven't seen him hoop too much, but I know the name. Um, from Two Height, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe when we did an event, there was a little kid. We have a, a director, mm-hmm. and uh, not a director, but a producer. And she was like, I asked this kid who his favorite NBA player was. He said, Jesson. <laughs> that always the we first can't, thing We can't let, mind. I mean, because they getting so big, right? The YouTube personalities, they exactly. getting to like, where well, folks starting to get that twisted a little bit. Like, they hoop, but they exactly. can't like hoop like that. Like, the only one that can like hoop hoop, Chris London can hoop hoop. But outside of that, like, Cash calls it like hooper hooper. I'll, I'll, I'll pick myself up with Jesson. I don't, I don't know if I'll bust his ass, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll take me. All right. Uh... I'll take I'll take myself over Christopher London too. Really, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't mind playing them. That's them versus through the wire. Let's do it, man. Because I, I Chris, I mean the dude was six nine, six ten, but I, he's just injured. I always hear different height. I hear six seven, then I hear six ten. He's tall. I think he's the tall. official is like six nine. Uh, okay, but the yeah, he he definitely up there, but he a little light in the ass too. Um. But he can hoop for real, man. I I I, I would I, I would. I've seen him. I've seen more of him than Jesser. Yeah. Let's see. You think you beat Chris Lund? That's interesting. Um. Who's the dude? Jordan Lawley. You know Jordan Lawley? Mm-hmm. Oh, he 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 wanted the NBA trainers. So he must not. Oh, how about AJ Lepray? I don't know who that is either. Damn, you guys, y'all, y'all, I must be too deep into this YouTube stuff, man. I I know just about all these dudes who go out there and and try to hoop. Uh, Marcellus. Uh, to, to me, he has game. Like, I oh, respect yeah. him on a different level. I mean, I know I know him. That's my my dude, obviously. But, like, I really think he can, like, really, really hoop. A lot of these dudes, I feel like they got platforms and they eye. Right, mm-hmm. But I think he can really, really hoop. Um, he's quick as hell, man. He's quick as hell. I, me and him playing against each other, like, on a one-on-one basis would be very interesting because I obviously have a size advantage over him. And right. he has a quickness over me. So that game would be very, very good. I'm never going to count myself out. But I'm not gonna say I would bust his ass because I've guard, I've had to guard him before, and he's very quick. Yeah. And that's how you get my respect. Like as I, and I know who, like I, I know basketball. He's a hooper, hooper. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of guys, the entertainers, they may hoop at one point and they hoop a little bit still. He is a dude that I know is hooping every day, as if he's like playing for a team. Right. Yeah, man. You can tell it, it bleeds into his game. Even when he's like messing around, you can just see it. You can just tell with some people. It's just like okay, he's he's for real. Um, even like it's just subtle things like his footwork, you know, ball handling, yeah. things like that. Um, what about T Jazz, Tristan Jazz? He's good. I like I like him, but I I, I could take him. You could take him. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Chris Staples. I don't know this dude. I don't know Chris Staples. The the, the dunker? He the one that got hops hops for real. You don't know Chris? Oh, he got hops hops. I don't know about that. I might have to, I might be the first time I count myself out. That, yeah, man. that dunking that shit is different. Dude, I ain't a leaper. He he can get up like you talk three sixty windmill like he he's yeah. insane. He 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 can do all that. What that skill like though? Oh, he can hoop too. Like he 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 ain't just one of them like uh who's the dude Jordan Kilgannon, the blue hair white dude. Ain't got no motherfucking jumper. Yeah, no, he he can definitely shoot that thing a little bit. Bone collector. 
you know, I, that's a dude that I kind of want to play. Like, even if it ain't like no camera shit, I just mm-hmm. kind of want to guard him more so than even playing one on one because he makes so many people fall. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is this about? I'm like, I really want to see if he can fuck me up like that because he he does it like 24 seven. Every time I see him, he's making somebody fall, and I'm like, bro, there's no way that he's making these people fall like like this. Like I've seen I've seen him fuck up some people. See, so he- I, I kind of. Forget one on one. I just want to guard him. Right. I want to see what he can ta- what he would do to to me. His jab step is lethal, and he real good at using like his off arm to like give you a little bit of a, a shove one way. So he'll be he like it's nothing that I call because it's subtle, but he real good at, at moving people around and manipulating. Them. But I will say this yeah. from what I can gauge, he really don't want to pull that thing. So if I was guarding him, I'd give him a little bit of space. Oh, factual. He will he he will he will keep walking you back. Yeah. Because you know he ain't not trying to take that jumper. So he'll go and go until he gets his crossover to lay that motherfucker up. Yeah. There's, I'm just like I'm I'm standing right here and like, you know, where people get fucked up a lot is like they'll jump or, or they'll like even give him a little bit of a leverage in, in terms of like looking for him. I'm staying right here. Like if you gonna shoot it and beat me off shooting, then so be it. But like I'm that's not going of, for the pump fake. That's a lot of that's a lot of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, okay, like Christopher Lund, he's bigger than me, mm-hmm. but I would I would give him, and I know he can shoot, but that would be my my thing. I would try to give as many people as I can. They got they would have to show me. Mm-hmm. You got to show me because even shooters miss. So I would yeah. play the game of man because a lot of these guys you name are also quicker than me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not really a quick guy. I just have I'm long. So even when you beat me, I'm still there. But yeah, I'll give you your space, and because I can contest you, and I, you, you miss, now you got to come and guard me, and I'm confident with my ability to score against anybody that ain't Kawhi Leonard or a professional defender, because <laughs> them dudes different. I feel you. Now them do. If you name some of them dudes, different. I mean, if you can make the league, and I think this is where a lot of people get mad. I've joked around in the past, like I think we've had some on, on one of our podcasts, right? Where we like, if there's one NBA player you think you could get. I joke like, oh, I could get Raul Nato. Come on now, I could, I could go get him. But it's like, on some real shit, them type of guys, I'm getting. Really, Raul Nato? Not, no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him buckets. No bullshit. I just feel like, well, if you make the league, and it, like we always think about like hooping, and you go. I've play played pick- against NBA players before. Really? Who? Yeah. If you're at liberty to say. Well, first of all, my cousin is one of them. Yeah, Javon, Javon Carter. Carter. So I mean, and he's a clamp. He's a he's a clamp clamper. Yeah. And I haven't played him like in any recency. Mm-hmm. Maybe he probably fucked me up now. But I, <laughs> I, you know, like Jabari, I played against Jabari Parker. Okay. Frank Kaminsky. You know what I mean? So like, but, but again, now they're they're NBA players now. That's I what I'm saying. Like when when yeah. they when so, they was on. I the just co- feel like to me, basketball is basketball, man. Basketball is basketball. Now those guys, when I say Raw Neto, I'm talking about he's kind of more so in my size area. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about a six seven wing, a six six bulky Jay Crowder, then yeah, we gonna we not even gonna that, do that. Yeah, that's not what even. I'm saying. Like when we talk about that. people that we think you could get in the NBA, it has to be somebody that's relatively small. So it's probably gonna be a point guard and somebody that's like not quick as all hell. And that's Raul Nato for me, because like if you if you like small but you shifty like Isaiah Thomas, I can't guard you. Like I I, I can get you for a little bit, but like if you can shoot too, it's just not gonna happen for me because I just can't move around like that. Play for the Sixers too, man. What's his name? T.J. McConnell. He was at a gym over here by my house randomly. He's not like a he's not a known guy. He was a play, he went to Arkansas. He like played for them and got cut. 
but I played again. I, 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 I was fucking him up. But he's he was classified and like doing that gives me confidence that I can play against somebody as long as we in the same size. Because right. when you think about like a Paul Jordan, like these dudes are six nines, Kawhi big ass hands. Yeah, they stronger and shit. Like hell no, it's just not. But when you talk about six three, six four, I'll even play somebody bigger than me, like six five. Sure, we can get it in. But like, yeah, I don't want to play against somebody that's like five inches taller than me or got. 35 pounds on me and shit like that but like these other guys I'll play them man cause and also I'm I'm confident in myself but then what's the what's it for me to lose yeah if Raw Neto beat me or you you an NBA player <laughs> I feel that it, they got everything to lose in that situation it's like shit you in the NBA exactly. man come on now if I beat you I can start making a case that I need to go be a G League player come on now you got everything to lose what about like a, a dude like Mikey Williams though? He not in the league, but like everybody know he can hoop. Yeah, I, I, I think I can bust his ass. He's a kid to me. Shit, man. I, I like saw he, flight him, man. He's a kid, and for well, anytime flight score, no, I, the dude, the other opposing team tends not to try unless it's somebody that's like bad. Watch I don't it. know. To be out there went viral. Well, well you talking about the a, one where like it, it might have been a pump fake. It was he some got fluky, him. Shit, but he yeah. scored on. I will say, like, he's like what? He's also like six one, six two, something like that. Like he he on the smaller yeah. side, but like he is to me, he's a kid in name only because that he built like he's twenty three. Like the dude. No, but I mean, like that is like me and my friend used to always say that it's like it's it's a difference. It's a grown man strength. Yeah, that is like true. when you're a kid, you can be bigger. You like a seventeen year old dude can be taller and bigger than his dad, but your dad got a certain grown man strength where he will fuck you up. That is true. Simple. That is simple. True. Your that dad will fuck true. you up just because he has the grown man strength. It's just something they have. And I'm not, I don't even think I'm there yet, mm. but I know a 15, 16 year old, it's just a different type of thing. I got it over them. I will say this. Well, hey, he is hey. good, though. He, he can hoop. Oh, yeah, no doubt. In my, um, I don't know if y'all did this at y'all high school, but like a, the student faculty basketball game where y'all play against each other is like the. I never could do it, though, because uh, you when you're part of the team, yeah. you can't play. Yeah, that that's just how they make sure they win every year. But like uh, at my school, we had this music teacher. He he was teaching me in the, in my recording arts class, and I was gonna play because I ain't hoop right, so I, I could play on the team. And he would always tell me, man, y'all want to see me? I got that grown man strength. You can tell he's a dude that lifted. He's like, I got dude wasn't even good, man. I swear to God, I we lost, but I I was getting everybody buckets. I I must have had eleven points, and I I didn't even start. I didn't even start. They, grown man strength. I feel like it. If you play in a style of basketball to where it's one on one, sure that's gonna come into account because it's only me and you. But if, if it's yep. like a, a full court game, then like if I got the space to work with, you're not gonna come and touch me because you might have grown man strength, but you play. also got grown man stamina. <laughs> they so lucky we couldn't play in those faculty games. I used to just I used to view it the same way as like playing in gym. Like when I would play basketball in the gym against like random kids who didn't hoop yeah. or like that could that wasn't good enough to be on a team but did hoop. That shit I used to give them motherfuckers like. Fucking 50. Just. <laughs> I knew the same thing would be if I played against my fucking art teacher. I was going to fucking light him up. Watch out, Mr. Nelson. <laughs> hey, man. I, I'll tell you what. We could not beat them dudes because you know what they did? My, I went to a private school. So, like, all the teacher teachers, they couldn't hoop. But they would pull, like, the JV basketball coach. Black dude could hoop. They pull, like, the head of security. Dude can hoop. Like, they pull all these, like, random folks from other spots on campus. And, like, oh, they part of the faculty. That's and wild. they would kill us. And they would That's kill wild. us. 
They yeah, we had a couple of teachers that could hoop. They ain't never do no shit like that. They used to beat our they used to beat our students though. Some of our teachers could hoop. Uh, Mr. Nelson actually was a coach. I don't know why I said him, but he mm-hmm. actually was a coach who could hoop. He kind of played like um, a little bit like white chocolate. He was real flashy. Oh but shit! He could hoop. Hey man, some of these folks, man. I tell you what, I, I'm not a hooper like that, but I do try to get out every so often. This summer, I've really been trying to get better. I just I just need some comp because like my backyard. We got this rim. It's nine foot three. Can't raise the thing for it. It's like rusted, so we can't raise it. So I really can't practice my jumper because as soon as I start practicing on nine three, go over to my friend's house, practice on ten feet. It's yeah. all fucked up. So I I, I, I can really only work on my handles. Let me let me ask you, for somebody that didn't hoop but is trying to get better at hooping, what's one thing that I gotta work on so I can be so I can be you know passable? I'm I'm passable in general. I just you know. I want to yeah, be somebody that scores. Player. I love hooping with football players on my team because they have the Marcus Smart mentality. I'll get. So, I'll, I'll stick some defense. <laughs> I'll stick because yeah. that's about all I can do. I'll stick defense. I I'll rebound. I'll set screens. I'll do all the dirty work. But like, I'm football trying to score. Players. Football players are the best to hoop with, man. They know they roll. They down to do all the dirty work. They'll get on the floor. Man, I love hooping hooper. I love a football player. I hate hooping against them, but I love it when they're on my team. Uh, it depends on what your game is. I don't know your game. Man, I'd say like... I, I can just tell you what I can do athletically, man. I, I, I'm i lanky. I probably got about a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, wingspan, but I'm 6'1". Switching on defense. I can jump a little bit. I, I can dunk. But I would say then fundamentals i mean to be passable just want to be fundamentally sound you you don't want to ever not be able to do something um you that don't mean you have to be a specialist you don't have to be a fucking jj reddick but you want to be respectable like there's certain people that i've played with who are like you football players but they like basketball so they'll run but their shot is so awful it's like nobody's not even worth guard Cause you sh- you can tell by how a person even shoots the ball like that. Damn, that shit got no yeah. chance of going in. It ain't, it ain't that bad. It ain't that exactly. It's not that. Yeah, it's not to the point where people are like, "Oh, I ain't got to worry about him." But it's like inconsistent as all hell. Cause it'll be days where I knock down like good fifty percent, and it'll be days where I'm like fourteen percent, man. So like the consistency ain't there. But it's it's not an ugly. I ain't like one of these. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't going to be all bad, but... uh. Well, what you should do in your rim, even if it is nine, you should just form shoot. And, and what it does is you just practice it on the mechanics of your shot. So you're not back here trying to shoot threes. You're right in front of the rim, but you're working on shit. So if you're shooting and you notice my shit is inconsistent because my elbow always go out, yeah. then practice is keeping it tough, keeping that shit right there. One hand, you take the ball, you lift it, you turn it, and you flick it. Lift it, turn it, flick it, lift it. And it just gives your body the muscle memory. So now when you're playing, you just... And next thing you know, it's just quick. It's just... Hey, man. You know. Easier said than done. But, you know, I might go do that right now. But we coming up on two and a half hours, my man. That's a long time. I I appreciate the time, but I I don't want to take up too much. I'm sure you got other stuff that you want to do with your day. I sure got stuff I got to do with my day, one of which being editing this thing up. But I got to thank you again, man. Let me give you the floor real quick. If you got anything that you want to plug, obviously through the wire hoop and holler. But if you got, like, you know, I don't know what else you'd be into. I'm good, man. I just appreciate um, the opportunity that you had me on here. Um, Much love. Everybody stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. Yeah, man, yeah, I ain't got to plug nothing, man. No doubt, man. Hey, self-made man, he ain't got to plug nothing. You can all check that out on Hoop and, Ho- or Hoop and Holler. That's the name of the 
Man, I messed that up. That's the name of my other podcast. You can go check that on House of Highlights Through the Wire. If you don't know about it, you better get familiar because they are one of the most hottest up-and-coming podcasts in the game, man. Pierre, pleasure having you on, my man. You're going to have to do this again sometime. I had a, I had a, I had a blast. Thank you, bro. Stay safe, dog. You do the same. I'll holler at you. Thanks again to Pierre Andreessen for coming on the show. One hell of a conversation, man. Like I said at the top of part one, a lot of times the best interviews turn into just genuine conversations, and I think that's what we saw here, man. Uh, just really bounced around from every single topic, from NBA to NFL, future life goals, YouTube basketball. I hope y'all enjoyed all of that, man. Like I said, special shout out to House of Highlights, special shout out to Through the Wire. They probably don't need my shout out, but hell, I got to give them credit where it's due, man. They do a lot of great stuff. And to be honest, they're one of the people or the groups of people, I should say, that I look to in terms of what I try to emulate with this podcast. Just the, like I mentioned with Pierre earlier, just the intellect and the chemistry that they have with one another, man. It's a beautiful thing to watch for self-made black men paving their way in this industry. You love to see it, man. So go ahead and keep supporting the Reagan Griffin Jr. Show. Keep showing love on Instagram and Twitter, all that good stuff. The support does not go unnoticed, y'all. I very much appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you next week.